Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to the Special Education and Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. Friends, you're in for a treat today because after a long drought without any guests here on the podcast, we have Lenora Edwards from Better Speech. Lenora is really, really good at talking about language development and speech development in children. I think you're really gonna enjoy this episode. I know it brought me a whole lot of energy to be talking to a guest again and to be getting back into the groove. So I thank you for your patience while you have endured this guest drought. As you know, I've had a couple of little health things post-COVID and I have also had a big transition in really winding back my law practice as well as getting started with my new job over at the National Down Syndrome Congress. And so I feel like we're in a groove now and I've got lots of really great guests lined up for the winter and I think we are back on track here at the pod. I want to tell you a little bit about Lenora. She is an ASHA board certified speech language pathologist and chief knowledge officer with Better Speech. Since obtaining her CCCs in 2010, she has worked with individuals of all ages from little ones who are learning to understand and express themselves to adults who want to improve their speaking skills and become more fluent and effective communicators. Lenora loves to teach and educate others, so if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to ask her. Lenora works at Better Speech, which is an online speech therapy company that has been providing professional, affordable, and convenient speech therapy services for over a decade. All of the SLPs with Better Speech are board certified and state licensed with more than 10 years of experience, which allows each of them to provide outstanding online speech therapy services nationwide and internationally. I really hope that you enjoy today's episode and without further ado, we'll jump right into it. Hello, Lenora. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes. And we, I'm just going to go ahead and issue a warning to everybody before I allow you to introduce yourself that today is a day of chaos in the Barlow household at Meyer and Barlow Law Firm, kind of everywhere in my life. So this is like a global apology and a warning. You might want to buckle your seatbelt. I completely understand what you mean. I think we're going to go, maybe it's just Thanksgiving that's approaching and just increasing chaos. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The holiday season brings on all kinds of peaceful chaos. It's, I think it's supposed to be peaceful and it's quite the opposite. Okay. Let's start by allowing you to introduce yourself to my audience. So tell us a little bit about what you do, your family, your job, what brought you to your job, your interest in the special needs or special education community, et cetera. Absolutely. So hello, audience. Hello, everyone. My name is Lenora Edwards, and I am a board-certified speech-language pathologist with Better Speech. 
Better Speech is an online speech therapy company where, where we are able to provide affordable, convenient, and effective speech therapy services right from the comfort of your own home, which is absolutely fantastic because we're really tired of running around these days. So that is what we do. We are nationwide and we provide speech therapy services throughout the U.S. and we are also internationally based. And the great thing is, is because we are nationwide, we can get you connected with a speech pathologist in your state as early as the next day. So if you visit our website and you have questions, visit betterspeech.com. We offer a free 15-minute consultation and we can provide you with answers to your questions and we can actually get you connected with a speech pathologist as soon as possible. And it can be really chaotic, especially if you're trying to connect with an outpatient clinic or early intervention services because those wait lists can be quite long. And I don't know about you, but if I have questions, I have questions now and I'd like to speak with a professional as soon as possible. And I don't like to wait six months. So we're really, really proud of being so convenient and so effective in the areas that we are able to provide service for. So, yeah, I mean, incredible. And I think during COVID, we learned from so many different experiences. And one of the experiences that a lot of people learned was that telehealth works and telehealth is far more convenient. You and I, part of my chaos was just having waited for a doctor for an hour and 40 minutes. And, you know, like you said, going to and from the doctor or a therapist includes like an hour of driving in most cases. And so speech therapy or any kind of therapy or doctor's appointment that you can do from the comfort of your own house can simply be more efficient, right? Absolutely. And I love that we've actually been online since long before the pandemic. So we are very, very comfortable with providing online therapy services. And a lot of the time people will say, really speech therapy online? And it's incredibly effective, which is why it's been working so well for so long. And especially in the state that I live in, I live in the state of Pennsylvania and we're still in masks when you go into facilities and Unfortunately, even with our face shields and our clear masks, providing speech therapy services with that limitation in place can be frustrating for your client or your family. Also, what happens is if you're in a school system or a clinic, you might get separated or especially in a school system, the parent or guardian isn't there, but in a clinic, the parent and child or guardian and child get separated. So I cannot actually communicate with the parent or guardian and tell them what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And a lot of other factors go into it, you know, the time of day, if you've now taken the little one out of school and you've brought them into a completely different environment and they might be tired and a variety of things are going on. Whereas speech therapy, home-based in your home, we're in your most comfortable place. Their child is able to have their toys. You're able to show us around your space so we can offer tips and techniques on how to make things more functional in your environment, which is great because we get to spend time with them, but you parents and guardians, you're with them all the time and you know your child best and we're here to support you in that. You know what? That was actually one of my favorite things about distance learning was also kind of utilizing like technology as something fun and seeing the space of the other person, like Jack's teachers and whatnot, his speech therapist from school would take toys like her kids toys and she'd hide them around the house and they'd play hide and seek and then we would hide them around the house and that way she could see more about jack's environment Mm -hmm. um, which i thought was super helpful so before we lose anybody (laughs) i want for you to give a like hey time out even if your kid isn't 
right now receiving speech, and even if no evaluation has ever said that your child needs speech, I want for you to give like a, oh boy, anything that I say, any speech oriented strategy or technique or tool is going to be helpful to any child. And that's going to lead into kind of like when we start talking about development. So talk about like the advantages to living in a rich environment, a language rich environment, and kind of like, yay, speech. There are so many fantastic things to living in a, in a language rich environment. So from the very beginning, I love to suggest to so many people, as many people as possible, start talking to your little one. So even as early as when they're in the womb, start talking to your little one. And when they come into the world, continue to talk to them and to continue to present face-to-face with them. When you're offering face-to-face interaction, this is such a great connection, not only socially and emotionally, but you're also showing so many other things because 70% of our communication is actually nonverbal. So when I'm talking, I'm actually making facial expressions. I'm conveying information that is so important. And even though you're six-month-old, isn't saying their first word and they can't actually explain what it means when you furrow your brow. What you're offering them is critical information, foundational information to the development of their language. Little ones are learning and listening so much, probably way more than we can even actually explain scientifically. But because they're learning all this information and you're having this language-rich environment, whether it be singing or talking or reading out loud, when you're offering all this information to them, it goes right in and that brain and body continue to grow. And it's so important because we know in, within the first five years, that language-rich environment will set them up for further success in the future because that mind and body are growing. And it is at a critical point that we continue to support that. Think about little ones. They come into the world and they have what's going on. They cannot explain a single thing. It's us as, up to us as the parents and the guardians and the caregivers to explain and narrate and provide information about what they're experiencing and what's going on around them. So I love to share with people when you're doing your regular tasks, like you're picking them up out of the crib, or you're going to change their diaper, or you're going to take them in the tub, explain that to them, that the water is wet and we splash and we play. and what you're doing when you're picking them up, you're explaining to them and you're giving them the experience of literally picking them up. And as you're talking to them, even though it sometimes might feel like you're talking to yourself, you're talking with them and you're sharing these important language foundational skills, including turn-taking, including the way I change my voice, including the way I shift when I talk from uh, uh, one spouse to when I talk to a friend and all these foundational communication things that we really don't think about on the surface, they start at the very beginning. So the more language rich it can be, the better off the little one will be. Yeah. I, I remember watching my mom when my nephew, like the oldest grandchild, you know, was a baby and my mom was a kindergarten teacher. And then she taught one, three and five thereafter. But, you know, we would be playing with his trains and she would say the red train and the blue train and the green train. And it wasn't like she was teaching. She was just, as she would connect them, she would say that, or she would say one, two, three. And she talked to him the entire time. And I just kind of like, started talking to him Mm -hmm. the entire time it it becomes innate and so many times then you're at your own house 
and you're making dinner and you feel completely ridiculous saying, now we're going to cut the onion. Do you like to cut the onions? They might make your eyes water, but you're just talking. And Mm -hmm. I created two major talkers by doing that. (laughs) Awesome. We love that. I know. Sometimes I'm like, okay, be quiet and stop (laughs) asking me why. Cause I also like explained things. But I, you know, it it works. That absolutely works. And the research is behind it. Let's talk a little bit about how speech develops. So how speech and language develop from that early baby phase, from that birth phase into the toddler years and school-aged years. Absolutely. That's such a great question. And as a speech language pathologist, a lot of the time, you know, especially our field is quite large. So we can see little ones for feeding. So I've worked in the NICU. And I also see people for their language component. And we even work with adults specifically for Parkinson's and memory loss, but our field is quite large. So when you hear the title speech language pathologist or a speech therapist, you might think, well, there's nothing wrong with my speech or there's nothing wrong with my child's speech. They're, they're either not yet talking or they're clear, but there's so many other things that go into it. So very early on, your little one is communicating. They start to understand that their coos and cries have purpose and they actually are able to gain your attention through certain noises that they make, through certain sounds that they make. And they'll also start to those babbles, those vocal plays. That's them playing. They're learning that they have a voice. They're learning that they can communicate and that they get a response from you, which is a great thing. We're primarily wired to want to communicate. So when they're doing that, that's them intentionally gaining your attention. So a great thing to do is to model back. So when they're making noises, you make the same noises they make. And what is also happening as you're making intentional noise, they're working to model you. They're working as early as four months. They're looking at your eyes. And we found this through research. They're engaged in your eye contact. Then as they advance to eight months, they're actually more engaged in your mouth and they're watching your mouth shift and shape into different sounds. And then go up to 10 and 12 months, they go back to your eyes. So they're scanning and they're searching and looking and processing all this information that you're doing as you're talking with them. So going back and forth and having that vocal play and that engagement, that intention, that intentional and attention-based engagement is really, really important because that's intentional communication. As they get to one-year-old, you'll start to hear most likely their first word. A lot of the time, it does tend to be something along the lines of mama or dada, even though dada is actually a little bit harder. The tongue is actually behind your teeth and the little one cannot actually see your, see what your tongue is doing. But PB and M, so pa-ba-ba-ba, those are actually made on the lips. So that's tend, that tends to be why those are the first that emerge because they're really focused in on your mouth. So as they start to say their first word, it starts to build, especially ideally between 18 months and 24 months, you're going to see a massive language explosion because that one word is going to go to two, that two word is going to go to three and three, three words in, or three attempts, I should say. So not necessarily, I want juice by their first birthday, you're going to hear their first words, such as ma. And what happens is that string, that consonant vowel will start to build on itself. So you'll start to hear mama. So you have a consonant vowel, consonant vowel, and that's how it starts to build. As they get more words, then they start to pair their words together. So around two years old, you'll start to hear two word phrases like where data, or I want more please. 
things along those lines. That's how it'll continue to grow. So now we went from one up to two words, and then it will continue to build upon, upon itself. And those approximations, even if they can't say bottle, the baba or more baba is an approximation, is an attempt and is intentional communication. And that's how it starts. Yeah. 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 And it's so fun to watch it. Like one of my favorite things about having Jack is that I get to watch language develop. Well, everything like (laughs) literally everything in this kind of like step-by-step thing. And one of the things that I remember thinking honestly was like, no way that he is not still on track, you know, but I think what happens for so many people, we live in environments. So many people live in environments where children are developing far faster. They're ahead of the curve developmentally. Mm -hmm. And certainly, you know, our son Griffin is a really, really coordinated kid and he was an early talker. And so we compared Jack to Griffin and his peers and Jack's therapists were always saying to, to us, seriously, he is still on track developmentally. Of course, you know, slowly his same age peers started to make more significant progress than he was making, but it was really fun to watch it happen so much more slowly and methodically. And it was really fun to work on it. And so I would say, you know, even if my listeners have children that have language-based disabilities like dyslexia or CAPD or something like that, you know, you probably know what I'm talking about and kind of watching, like, I think that they're understanding, but I think they can't get the message from their brain to say it, or I, they're talking, but we're only talking about the same thing. It's really scripted or whatever. Like, I think it's fun to watch where language kind of breaks down and then to attack that. I don't know if you have any response, but that's just kind of like my mom perspective on that. Absolutely. No, I love that. And I love that you pointed out that it's really fun to watch and really fun to build upon, especially with language because their language. So our speech is our articulation, our fluency, our voice. That's our clarity of speech. Our language is actually two-based. We have the ability to understand language. So everything you're doing, your audience is doing, they're actually listening. That is the receptive component of language. That's the ability to hear and understand the information. The expressive component is how we use our language, how we weave our words together to form grammatically correct sentences. That is the expression of language and that vocabulary. So there's lots of different things that go into it. So when it comes to, are they able to follow commands? Can they ask questions if I say, or can they answer questions when I say, go find your shoes. Can they understand that I want them to go do something that I want them to find their shoes? And can they actually carry that out? That's pretty complex. So that's the ability to understand language. And then the ability to actually say, here are my shoes is a different component of language. So the fact that it's really fun and you've been able to look and see how he's developed over time, because there's so many different moving parts of language, especially when you get to be, you get to say, he didn't do that last week. That's amazing. And have that celebration of it because it really is a great accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right. And you get to like figure it out based on what they need. Right. And that's actually my next question is so many children that struggle with language struggle with behavior. And there's that link, right? Like I can't express my wants. I can't express my needs. I can't communicate socially. I, or that is extremely 
difficult, especially when I'm dysregulated. So how can parents really kind of think about language and using language-based skills in order to supplement behavioral supports? That's a great question. So I know when little ones are frustrated and I, and I loved the, the podcast from a few weeks ago, when you pointed out the four different types of behaviors that, that come up. So that's a really great point because they are, they might be seeking attention, but it might also be out of frustration. They might be wanting to get away from something. What are the other things that are going on? And one of the best things to be able to do in that moment, you as the parent or the guardian is to allow yourself to take a breath and to do as much as you can to not elevate with them. Because a lot of the time we, we will match them. So if they're say they're really on a task, you're going to go, oh, let me work really fast so I can keep them engaged on this task. The more you can manage yourself to say in events, stay calm or help gently guide them, keep them on task. One thing I really like to do is to carefully manage my voice and to slow my pace, because as I'm able to do that, I'm able to then have a bit more control over the situation, because especially with little ones, when they may be dysregulated, their system's already having a difficult time regulating. And my energy can actually add to that and in not in a great way, or my energy can add to that in a supportive way. So using your language, using your ability to control your voice and to control what you can in that moment, we can't prevent every meltdown and that's okay. But using the tools that you have to manage that. So your language, really managing your voice even managing your breath, offering the other information, because when you're calm, even though it there, they might be a bit elevated, really working to support them and help them come back down will help things move a little bit differently and in a more productive way forward. Yeah. And something that I know helps a lot of my clients and helps Jack particularly is to give him the language. So like that, if the function of the behavior is tangible item and they can't say, I want that, right? Like, I mean, God bless. What if you were in the grocery store, like perched up in that little shopping cart area where their little, their cute little legs hang out and you go past the goldfish and you're like, she's forgetting that we need goldfish. And you can't say it, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, what if you can't say it? I'll never forget Jack and I were, so the Down Syndrome Affiliates in Action conference was in Cincinnati and it was, you know, at the same hotel all weekend long. And I volunteered every day and I went to sessions as a participant also. And then I took him on a date night to like the conference, you know, the, the, the dance part of it. And so I had been in the parking lot for the Westin downtown six times already, and I'm tired and, you know, I've got him with me and I can't find my car. Like we left the place and we're in the parking lot and I couldn't find my car. And Jack was saying, mom, er, and I'm like, Jack, be quiet. Oh, I was also carrying him and it was winter time. So he was sliding down. I hate carrying kids in coats. And so he's sliding down in his slippery coat and my slippery coat. And I had to put him on my back and he was getting so mad, like pounding on my, on my shoulder. And he was telling me purple, we were on the purple level and he's freaking out because he's trying to tell me your car is on purple, which is hilarious because he, he's colorblind and purple and blue look the same to both of my kids. Somehow he knew we were on purple and he was like, trying to say, Hey, you big dummy. No, not <laughs> big dummy. Purple. 
My kids have really good visual perception. They both have good direction. So they, he remembers where our car is every time we park. But, you know, if I give him the language and I say, oh, Jack, you wanted to say, mom, we parked on purple. Mom, purple, can you say purple? And then he would say purple. Of course, I've got to let him calm down in order mm-hmm. to do that. But even just, we need goldfish. I want goldfish. That was such a game changer for me. Just when he could express, I need, I want. Mm-hmm. So I think giving them the language also helps, right? Absolutely. And that's a great point. So in that point, when give what you're saying, giving the language, modeling it, offering them that word or that series of words, when they don't have it. Oh, fish. I want fish or I want goldfish. However, wherever they may be in their language development, but offering that and giving them the solution and then even holding on some, say you're in the grocery store and they want goldfish, letting them hold on to the goldfish and reinforcing it as you're going around goldfish, fish, and explaining to them as you're explaining it to them, you're offering them more vocabulary and more ways to explain what they want. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I love that you were offering that to him, offering him that line. Yeah. And something that I had to do with him that I didn't have to do with Griffin is if he's holding the goldfish, I learned that I had to be very, very specific about it. Just like you just said. So fish, and then in the next aisle, the fish is orange, or we would break it down into phonemes like fish spells mm-hmm. fish, or I would sing it, you know, I just kept trying to say fish so that he would say fish also. Mm-hmm. Um, another strategy that has worked for lots of families in the Down syndrome community, in particular with behavior that is language-based, is either signing or teaching or or a talker or like teaching them, teaching the children how to communicate by pointing or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like acting it out kind of charades. We always say talking to Jack's like charades even still, but I mean, Jack is 12 years old and he will still sign many books. He almost always signs play, even though we can understand play just fine. He (laughs) signs book, he signs flower for some reason. That was hard to say. And certainly he utilizes his talker. We use it a lot for emotions and he uses it when his speech is breaking down still. I mean, so I think those two things work also. Absolutely. Especially when little ones get frustrated, having other solutions. So even if you have a little one that's verbal and you at one point had implemented sign, you're giving them another tool in the toolbox. And that's a great thing because it's not saying this is the only way. And this is the only way that will be accepted. It's saying, I can understand you on different levels. So whatever's not working for you now, go with this one and mommy will understand or or a parent and guardian will understand whatever the case may be. So I love that you had such a variety of tools that he was able to communicate with. That's fantastic. And that was probably wildly helpful for him more than you know. I don't know because he still screams at me at the grocery store, but you know, that's (laughs) true. There you go. That's Jack. Sometimes they will. That's right. <laughs> they have, they get that autonomy too. That's I love, right. That's yeah. Right. Lenora, tell everybody where they can find better speech and what they should do if they want to connect with better speech. So better speech, like I said, is an online speech therapy company. Simply visit betterspeech.com. And I'm sure it'll be in the show notes and they can actually, there's a bubble that pops up that says, Hey, do you want 15 free minutes of, or a 15 minute consultation? And doing it that way will actually allow you the ability to schedule time with us as early as possible. And that way you can get your answers, your questions answered ideally. 
I roll over at 2 a.m. with tons of questions and I, I really like to be able to get to a professional as soon as possible. So maybe not at 2 a.m. we might not respond, but the next day we will absolutely be able to, to offer answers to your questions and offer you more guidance and educate you on the services that we provide. And a great thing about Better Speech is it's truly on your terms. It's incredibly flexible. So you can go by session or you can go by the month and you're able to easily pay for services that way. And then another great thing that we're so proud of is that we provide you with information so that you can go to your insurance provider and do the best that you can to ensure that your services are covered because we offer you all this critical information that your insurance provider will be asking for. So you can even get those services reimbursed, which as we know is absolutely fantastic in today's day and age. Yes, 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 it sure is. The more convenient, the better. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I really appreciate it.